Cinebuds is supported by Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies buddies talking about cinema. This is Cinebuds. I'm 889's Justin Barney. I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And today, we are counting down our top 10 movies of 2020. Apparently, movies came out this year, despite everything. (laughs) They did. It was a weird year for movies. It started normal. We went to movie theaters, and then we didn't go to movie theaters for a long time, and movies just, like, didn't come out for a long time. And then kind of in the past couple months, a lot of them have just been going to streaming, or you can rent them, so it's been strange. Yeah. But a bunch of movies still came out. And there were some really good ones. Yeah, some were good. I will say this was an extraordinary year for crappy movies. Uh, <laughs> yes. Like, especially lately, I've seen some with like really recognizable big cast. And then I watch it and I'm like, what what happened? What's going on? I was even gonna say we should make like a bottom ten because I watched so many movies that I was just mad that they were so bad. Oh yeah, we should do a Razzies episode. Oh my god! Wow, yeah, stay I got tuned. a lot to say. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's give like two. Let's give our our ten and nine picks. Yeah, yeah. Let's do just a couple teasers. Just yeah, so a couple teasers. What was your What was your tenth favorite movie of twenty twenty? Well, as usual, I have a really hard time just getting down to 10 and then ranking them in order. So roughly uh, the squeaking into my top 10 was uh, the film Shirley. Well, you were invited to stay here for a few days until we could find a place. Shirley has these bouts. She's gone sick in the head. I read your story. What are you doing in here? It made me feel thrillingly horrible. Shirley. I didn't see this one. Shirley is with Elizabeth Moss, and she plays Shirley Jackson, the author of The Lottery and uh, The Haunting of Hill House, or The House on Haunted Hill. I always forget. Okay. Um, but it's sort of a fictional biopic, sort of. It's uh, mm. it's based on aspects of her life. It, it's a story about her and her husband, and they meet these uh, other two colleagues. And uh, it, it's really interesting because it really shows a lot about her and her life through like this fictional lens. Elizabeth Moss is so great in everything she does. And this one was mm-hmm. particularly good, too. I liked it a lot. And it made me just dig back into reading Shirley Jackson, which was great. Justin Barney, what's your number 10? Well, it's uh, it was a weird year. And so I think my, my number 10 reflects how weird it is. Because normally yeah. it would just be chock full of like Oscar Nams. You're yeah. like serious contenders. And oh, I sure. like very serious films usually. But um number 10 reflects the weirdness of 2020. My number 10 film of the year is Eurovision Song Contest. Oh, oh, oh. The wow. story of Fire Saga. <laughs> Winning the Eurovision Song Contest. All right, everyone. You know what? I, here's the funny thing: is I did not care for that movie that much. Uh, there, uh, but I am glad that it is in your top ten, regardless, because it's a fun. It's fun and it's ridiculous, and I like seeing it. It's fun. It's ridiculous. I enjoyed seeing it too, and I think it was just like when I was going through all the movies, I was like, that movie made me feel good. Yeah, I liked. It was like it was exactly what I needed at exactly the right time. And I think that's like a lot of these is yeah. just like this was 
this was a movie that like made me happy in a year that was full of things that were not happy. My What's your number nine? Uh, my my number nine is the photograph. I put my love into photographs, pictures, took space in my heart instead of people. It's kind of just a standard romance, but it has a nice plot. Has Lakeith Stanfield, who I love, and it was just lovely. It was just it a was. sweet, lovely movie, and it's a romance which I don't typically get into, but I loved it. We'll go. We'll talk about that again because it appears higher on my list. Oh, interesting. So, what do you got for number nine? Number nine is a documentary that I watched a couple days ago. One, I think that a repeating theme, if anything, in 2020, it was the year of documentaries. There's a yeah, lot of like yeah. really good ones that came out. Right. Um, number nine for me was the documentary called Time. Did you see it? I have not seen that. It was kind of a shorty, and it was on Amazon Prime, all shot in black and white, and it was about a... It was really it was centered on this family and the the father is in prison and has been in prison for the past 20 years and the time is like the time that he's been in prison and what the family has done and how they have like managed that time but it was really just about a family being a family. It was really really well done. It's on Amazon Prime right now for free so uh time is mine not. Uh well that's our number 10 and 9. If you want to listen to the rest, we'll be back right after the break. Maybe you can't get comfy pajamas for your whole block or bake cookies for the entire neighborhood, but you can give the community a gift this holiday season. When you donate to Radio Milwaukee, you provide connection, culture, and important local resources for thousands of listeners. You can bring neighbors closer through music and stories with a gift today. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart to give. Support for Cinebuds comes from your membership and Associated Bank. Proud supporter of Milwaukee Film and offering support year-round through Milwaukee Film Checking. More about Associated Bank's commitment to the Milwaukee community at AssociatedBank.com. Member FDIC. Okay, Christopher, and we're back. Wonderful. I have so many more. I know, me too. So we're going to run through eight through number one. Yeah. It was hard to put together a list because normally... It would be all movies we saw in the theater, you know? Yeah. It, I mean, it, it yeah. would be, it's like normally when we do this, it's just like tracking, okay, what have I seen in the theater in the past couple months? What have I seen? But it was honestly, it was like so much harder to keep track of everything this year because everything was digital. Yeah. So the, I feel like I didn't even see some of them that are on your list. It's just like, I didn't see them because they yeah. were just on like different streaming platforms. And also like I hardly spent any money on movies this year. Normally I would have spent hundreds of dollars in the theater, but I didn't really didn't rent any movies. Be I rented a couple, but yeah. I live alone. And so a lot of them are like anticipated that you're watching like with somebody else, which That's is expensive, <laughs> extraordinarily <yeah>. sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we so will I've punish you economically <laughs> for being alone. <laughs> No, how rude. Yeah, that's how but, we um, do it in the USA. Right. But um, so <laughs> a lot of the ones that I watched were just like the ones that were free on streaming and came out. And so it was like a weird patchwork of like, okay, well, I have Hulu. So I watched this on Hulu and this is on Prime and they're all like yeah. different places. It was very weird. 
I I kept track uh, because I'm methodical uh, and I mm-hmm. use let, I use Letterboxd. So mm. every movie that I watch, I log in. It, so it's easy for me to go through and say, okay, here's the 2020 ones I saw. Yeah. But what usually happens at this point is like I have like a bunch and I have to narrow it down. Yeah. But to be honest, there's three that didn't make it. Like I had a short list of like 13. So that's still good. I mean, I still went over my 10 for 13 great movies I saw. I would say I probably had 13 too. Yeah. But it's usually like, it's like the 13 right. are really fighting for air. Yeah, and this genu- was like, yeah. oh, there was 10 that were good. Yeah. But uh, but the, the 10 that I have, I, I mean, I'd put it up against any of the years in the past. So yeah. Let's, okay. Let's do number eight. Yeah, what's your number eight? My number eight is um, a documentary three. called In what My Blood It love? Runs. The whole tree, you say? <laughs> it's really important to look after your family members. Bush medicine it heals up your body. In my blood, it runs. I was I was going through. I keep mine on a notes app in my yeah. phone. I should get oh, on yeah. Letterboxd because that's oh, just like it. I know. I, but I I don't know. I just use the notes app on my phone like a moron. And <laughs> I saw that one and I was like, I think that will. I think Christopher will have that on his list. Yeah, so. it it was such a lovely and poignant documentary um, about an Aborigine kid in Australia. And how he fits into the system, which is a very Eurocentric white system, even though it's Australia, it's very Eurocentric white educational system, social services system. And he's such an amazing, like smart, sweet kid. Um, And the system does not work for him. So it, it was a really stark look at how that works, but also a little hopeful. And it was also beautifully shot and everything. So that one is a standout for me for sure. I'm really glad that made it on your list. That was like number eleven on mine. Yeah, so, yeah. Because I, I knew that it would be it. Uh, that I, Eurovision was above that because I knew that you would have it. We were talking. About it. <laughs> I know you started to feel bad about putting Eurovision eking out <laughs> in my blood. It runs. <laughs> I know. <right? laughs> what a monster! These are the these are the battles you have when you make a top ten. <laughs> I know. What do you got for number eight? Uh, number eight, I know that we will talk about this movie later as well because I watched it because you love it. Um, number eight on oh, my yeah. list could have been higher too. Was the idea Dick Johnson that I might ever death. lose this man is too much to bear. He's my dad. Let's start walking. Just start walking to me. That's fantastic. I suggested we make a movie about him dying. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if I have like recency bias. You know, I know that we do on doing no, this. Yeah. That's why mm-hmm. they release Oscars, you know, a month before they have the awards. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I watched this like last week too. Dick Johnson is dead. Um, it is uh, a father. It's about Dick Johnson and uh, his daughter is a filmmaker and she makes this film about how much she loves her dad and how much she's going to miss him when he goes Honestly, it should be higher on the list. I don't know why it's number eight. It it should it should be up there, but we'll I'm sure that we'll talk about it later too. So Dick Johnson is dead. It's on Netflix. Um, it's so, so good. Yeah. And it's I great. know that uh, we're we'll gonna talk about ta- we're definitely gonna talk about it more. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um uh, number seven. What's number seven for you? Well, number seven is uh I possibly the weirdest movie I saw this year, which Ooh. I always love the weirdest. Canadians, yes. Um, Do more than is your duty. Festival called 20th Century. 
Daniel Byrne stars as William Lyon Mackenzie King, Canada's greatest politician. By New Winter's Day, I will be Prime Minister of Canada. May the best man win. It's the flaming saga of a... Okay, what's this about? I have 20th, not seen Yeah, the 20th century is a Canadian film. Uh, it's all done on these weird, expre- like, kind of expressionist stages, like uh, backgrounds and sets. Um, and it's a... a f- a very flawed history of a section of Canadian political history. That sounds really boring, uh, but it is <laughs> a, it's based on history, but it's completely incorrect. And it is also completely absurd. Uh, the way you run for like a Senate or a leadership seat is like by skating trials. And uh, <laughs> there's all these all right. very, very strange system of political uh, gain in it. And it's completely absurd. And if you watch the trailer, I watched the trailer and I thought, this is, this looks fun and strange, but I think I'll get bored about, about 10 minutes in. Right. right. That is exactly what I feel. But I absolutely didn't. It's so good. and so irreverent and funny and super, super weird and highly recommend. Well, that's so good. Uh, Number seven for me. Yeah. Was a movie that we talked about. Mucho, okay. mucho amor. El señor sure. Walter Mercado. Walter Mercado. Walter Mercado. Que ha salido para ti, Acuario, nada menos que la fortaleza, porque tú estás fuerte ahora, eh? We grew up with him. I can't think of an English language astrologer. The legend of Walter Mercado. Um, we love a documentary that tells you something about a gigantic cultural figure that you do not know. I mean, we like me and you love arts and artists, you know, like that is, that's our thing. And uh, so like Walter Mercado, like an artist in his own right, a big cultural figure, a huge to a bunch of people in um, like a culture that I would love to know more about. And so it taught you about the culture. It taught you about the importance. It taught you about this wonderful humanitarian Walter Mercado. Um, I love a documentary that like checks all those boxes. Yeah. And it was also so much fun. He's so much fun to listen to talk. So much fun. Yeah. Just a joy. Smiling ear to ear the entire time. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that one was wonderful. And we had a nice conversation with those filmmakers for a Milwaukee film screening. And it was one of the best conversations I've had. Those The two directors are really, really a lot of fun. Um, I can't imagine. Uh, number six. What's number six for you? Number six. Where are we at? Let's see. Oh, another documentary I saw again at the festival called So Late, So Soon. So Late, So Soon. I highlighted this during the festival in our like daily ones. But it's a very mm-hmm. simple concept. It's just these two... Uh, older artists that have been married for 50 mm. years or so. Arts and, and artists. Just, yeah. You just see their lives together. And the wife is hilarious and has so much energy. And her their house is magical looking. But mm. it's it's very funny and sweet. But it's also a little sad because, you I mean, you have to see the effects of aging on these very youthful spirits. And they're mm-hmm. still very artistic in how they live their lives, but age catches up with them. So it, it, there's definitely some sadness, but it's ultimately – and the final scene, it's just, it's just very sweet. Uh, it, it really – the ending – it's one of the better endings, I think, uh, of a documentary. Um, so, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, it's a very simple film, and I was afraid it was going to be one of those that gets missed because it just seems yeah. too like basic. But it, it was really wonderful. It was a hidden gem for me. 
It was called So Late, So Soon. Also, so one late. of those titles I feel like does not cling to my brain. It's a title I typically hate. It's a bit dramatic, too. I know. Yeah. That I could so, remember I mean, Once you see the film, they're like, oh, I get it. So Late, So Soon. I got I got you. But still, uh, I have a thing about titles. So that was yeah. my number. What were we on? Six. That was my number six? Okay, so what do we got for number? Did you do your six yet? I, I can't keep track of anything. <laughs> I did not do my number six. <laughs> so my number six, I mean, we said at the beginning that the theme is documentaries here. Yeah. And uh, mine is another documentary as well. I first saw Oliver my analyst in, in his own life. We are now in our 50th year, and we're beginning to get somewhere. <laughs> Please welcome Dr. Oliver Sacks. He was the first major intellectual who spoke about diseases to the general public in a way. Kind of like Walter Mercado, except this was a documentary about somebody that I do know and love and has a lot of personal meaning to me. Oliver Sacks, the the doctor and writer, uh, is one of those like, you know, like Walter Mercado is just like a wonderful spirit that I knew that I wanted to know more of. And the more that this documentary revealed of his spirit and his charm and his personality, the more that I fell in love with it. And the more that like, I like at the end of the year list, part of it is also, it's like you watch a movie and then the end of the year list, it's like, what movie did I think about the most? And uh, I thought about this Oliver Sacks documentary a lot. I thought about him leaving LA on his motorcycle and laying with his body on the motorcycle and riding to the Grand Canyon to be oh, there for sunrise. Part. Yeah. It's like I I um I made jello after this documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Which now if you haven't seen this film, you don't know why that's amazing, but that's why you should watch the movie. There's a great story in it. Yeah. So <laughs> Well, that's, I'm glad you Oliver put that Sacks. because that is a film that just eked out just of mine. Yeah. But yeah. genuinely, in this moment, I am reconsidering my entire list. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um, so when it eventually comes out uh, in a blog form uh, yeah. at Milwaukee Film, I don't know where this list is going to be by that point. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, we are on to the top five. What's oh, your number boy. five? Number five is a doc called uh, Dark City Beneath the Beat. People die young here. People get misguided very fast too. Wow, you watch all these docs that I do not see. I'm jealous. There, it, I, this really was not, not just a year for docs because fiction films were kind of by the wayside because of everything. Genuinely, some of the best docs I've seen in my life. Or yeah, this year. great storytelling. Yeah, Dark City Beneath the Beat. Uh, the uh, the director, her name is TT, the artist, and she's she works in the music scene in Baltimore. So this film, this doc mm. is a doc about. Not just the music scene in Baltimore, but it's about uh, dance and mm. uh, design and and also social justice in that city. So the, the not only is it a fascinating subject, but it is one of the most stylized documentaries yeah. I've ever seen. It's like half document informational documentary and half music video. Um, but cool. in a, and I mean that in a very positive way. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I was. Uh, again, another complete surprise to me when I was like, oh, I'll see how this is about. And I was just blown away uh, visually and then by obviously by the topic. So Dark, Dark City Beneath the Beat is amazing. 
Baltimore is like one of the most like artistic scenes. It's just yeah. like they're true art weirdos in that yeah. city. I feel uh, like you have a city that has that much difficulty as I mean, to uh-huh. put, put it mildly, uh, you got your Detroit, you've got your Baltimore's, mm. um, then you've got some amazing talent that kind of has to push against it and push through it. Yeah. But yeah. That was my number five. What, what do you got for your top, top five? My number five, uh, number five on the list was all in the fight for Power democracy. Of right another documentary made available everyone in America. It would change the future of this nation. It just, it came at the right time. It was about voting rights and the fight for the right to vote uh, across the country and specifically in Georgia. It was timely. It was incredibly well done it had like the animation in it. It had ups. It had downs. It had broad pullbacks. It had really specified pull ins. Mm-hmm. The narrative that it told is really good. The subject was super timely. It was just expertly done. It was just super, super well done. I, 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 I left that feeling all the feelings that it wanted me to feel, and it was You're great. A hundred percent right. That it was mm-hmm. like it's probably the most important documentary I saw this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's yeah. very important, very timely, and it made me want to draw pictures of St- Stacey Abrams all day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it's like, it's not it's not off the shelf. You know, it's it's one that was like super timely in the spot, yeah. but also is like, you know, timely for the rest of, you know, now. No, that's a, that's a good one for number five. What's number uh, four for you? Number four is my, I, I pushed mucho, mucho more up to my top five. So my number four is mucho, mucho more. Uh, we talked about it, uh, but really, it's like it's in that category of the um, RBG and Would You Be My Neighbor. You're just mm-hmm. learning about a delightful human being that either you did or didn't know about and could not feel better about that. So we talked about it, so I won't say too much, too much more about it, but that one was definitely something that stuck with me. I did draw a picture. There's a lot of movies that just immediately inspired me to draw pictures, and I drew a picture of Walter Mercado like at the evening that I wa- that I did that conversation with the filmmakers, I got off Zoom and immediately started working on a drawing of him just because he's I love that. very inspirational. And and just also very visual. Yeah. He, I mean, his costume. I mean, he j- he's just begging to be drawn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was my number four. Uh, what do you got? My number four was Palm Springs. Here you are, standing on the precipice of something so much bigger than anyone here. But always remember, you are not alone. I don't think that we met. I'm Sarah. Niles. Hi. Hi. I knew that was going to be on your list, and I I don't understand why it's not on mine. But yeah, I really loved this movie. It 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 um it hit on a lot of things. I really loved the tone that it struck. It was it it, it was. It had big philosophical ideas about like anything that's like, you know, hints at the existential. I like I I enjoy. And so it, like it hit on these existential things, but didn't hit on them in like you're a heavy handed like you know, this is this is what, what Nietzsche thought or like, you know, some like, oh, oh the, the tome of Schopenhauer. It was like it, it, it was really funny. 
And Andy Sandberg is really, really funny. Kristen Melody. Yeah. Is that how you said it? I'm um, not sure. She was really, really good in it. I thought it was it was highbrow. It was lowbrow. It had jokes that were like really broad and dumb, and it had jokes that were like really, really clever and funny. It, it just like hit on a ton of levels for me. It was also a movie that like had that said something greater that I feel like you could watch a bunch of times as well. I I just really loved it. I think it hit on like a lot of things for me it was yeah. great now while i do like that movie i'm a little offended because my number three is the tome of schopenhauer <laughs> and uh, i don't uh, you know i don't like you dissing my I'm number three sorry i did not mean to diss <laughs> you like of schopenhauer really effect was a goofy film <laughs> it's goofier than you thought it would you, be. You, you wouldn't think <laughs> no uh palm springs was really good and uh, it's another one that i'm like rethinking because like i have so many docs on here and i want to yeah but I, have, I know i think the only thing reason it didn't make it is because i did like it and i agree with everything you said but i don't think i thought about it much beyond of you know a couple days after i watched i get that but i did I, I think that could that's not fair to the movie it, you're in a pandemic i i don't think about much uh, two days after I see it, so <laughs> that's a difficult get. What are we? Where are we at? What number are we on? Top three. Oh yeah, these top three could all be interchangeable for me because they're all so good. But um, I recently watched on HBO the film Between the World and Me. Black is beautiful. The black body is beautiful. And we must never submit our original self. Oh, yes. yes. Wow, number three. Yeah, number three for sure. It's so beautiful. It is, uh, I'll be quick. It is based on the book by Ta-Nisi Coates of the same name, which is a letter. It's written as a letter to his son, which essentially talks about his experience being growing up a black man in the United States and going to Howard University and all of his experiences. And it's sort of a letter to his son about how he has lived and how he like, he wants to like warn and teach his son all in the same book. It's a striking book. It's one of the best books of the 21st century. Um, They did a play version of this uh, on uh, in New York. And this is sort of an adaptation of the play. It's essentially all these amazing actors reading the book or, you know, speaking, the lines of the book into the camera. And then in addition to that, you have archival footage of, you know, uh, uh, of kind of social, uh, social ills that are going on. You have animation, you have beautiful mm-hmm. artists uh, that are mm-hmm. contributing to the visuals of it. And like people like Mahershala Ali and Oprah Winfrey, just acting and speaking into the camera, his words, one of the most powerful movies I've seen in forever. Between the world and me, I'm glad that you put that on because I will now. Uh, it is it's it's that. worth a, a free trial, seven day trial to HBO, <laughs> yeah. HBO Max or whatever. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's delightful. Number three is the photograph for me. Uh, we talked about it before. The photograph, Lakeith Sanfield. I think that it was so straightforward as a romance that it was nearly revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I just think that the, I think that that the genre has been done so much in the past that 
whenever we do a romance, it feels like it needs to have some kind of twist or some kind of, you know, some kind of something right. to it. And I just like that this was just, it was just what it was. And it it was effective in what it was. And I really loved it. Um, I really I really think it was worth seeing. And I really, uh, it was like the second to last movie that we saw in the theaters. Yeah. I really loved it. The photograph. I, I agree. And I also want to say that I think it's like, it, uh, it it's kind of what, you just need a solid story and great actors. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be like, oh, but we're going to throw a spin on exactly. it. Exactly. Like, I mean, it's a complicated enough story. It's not, you know, it, it, it has enough, you know, turns to make it interesting, but it's really about the performances and the really yes. chemistry between those actors, which was amazing. Yeah, yes. I agree. That's. A, I don't think that movie was talked about enough, I feel like. Same. Yeah. yeah. All right, number three. On to the top two. Christopher, Ooh. what is number two on your list? It's the Kelly Reichardt movie, First Cow. What's your name? King Lou. They call me Cookie. My mother died when I was born, and then my father died. I never stopped moving. Okay, First Cow. Yes. It was so, it, I was really looking forward to this movie this year. And when I saw the trailer, I was like, this is going to be so good. And it did not disappoint. I had high hopes and they were met. Um, yeah. You have a performance from this guy named uh, John Magaro, who I've seen in bit parts here and there. But he's just such the sweetest. It's like the sweetest performance from him. Yes, it is. And the scene where he's talking to the cow while he milks it is. Oh my god! It's in my highlight reel for the year. And also, it's just beautiful. Yeah. It is a beautiful film. That is like the the key uh, actor in it. The key a key character is the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. It's just being in the woods is being out there. It was it was definitely the most beautiful film of the year. And I think that that's important in a movie, you know, yeah. in something that you're you're sitting there watching. I love a movie that is just so intentionally beautiful. And First Cow was that. And they had a great support cast. The story sort of moved in like sections where this is happening. Now this is happening in this character. It's like almost like short stories woven into one story. But yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, could not be more pleased with this one. It's a sensitive, sweet frontier movie, which you don't get very often. Actually, no. this, this could go into that category I have where it's typically male films uh, yeah. created by a woman, which yeah. creates a very different style. And, and I oh, it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. I love that one. I remember when we both, when we finished watching that, yeah. we were both like, I could do another two and a half hours. Yeah, I could watch that. <laughs> you know? I could watch that straight again. Yeah. So many times I'm like waiting for the film to end, or I'm like, okay, I'm ready. That one could have could have done it again. And he made something in the movie. He he's a baker, and he made something in the movie that inspired me to try to make on my own, uh, yeah. which I never would have. I mean, that's <laughs> love it when it makes me do something. I watch a movie and then I'm like, I'm gonna go do a thing because of it. Right. That transitions well into my number two because my number two, I feel like, is more – it's because it inspired me to do so much. My, num my number two is Nomad in the footsteps of Bruce Chatwin. Yeah. Bruce Chatwin was a writer like no other. He would craft mythical tales into voyages of the mind. We were kindred spirits. 
Partially because it was a really good doc, I didn't know anything about the anthropologist Bruce Chatwin, and it inspired me to buy Bruce Chatwin books. It yeah. And then it inspired me to watch 11 Werner Herzog movies <laughs> after it. <laughs> and I was like a going short period of time as well. Yes. And yeah. I was going through, I was going through like the top movies and I was like, no other movie tore me into a rabbit hole. Like this movie, no other movie, like for like changed the direction of my life for a month. Like, yeah. <laughs> like this one. And so, um, because it made me just like become obsessed with Werner Herzog for yeah. two months and now the rest of my life, yeah. uh, Nomad in the Footsteps of Bruce Chatwin is my number two. That's a great choice. That's another one that was just like hovering on the edge of my list. And again, I'm rethinking it the entire time. Right, right. Okay. The, are we on to the number one movie? We are. And I think, <laughs> I feel like at this point, just by process of elimination, we can both guess each other's first film. Okay. I don't know if I can, but oh, yeah, it, I know what yours is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I know what it is. <laughs> I think I know what yours is, too. It's okay. Like what is it? It is. Uh, all right. What do you think mine is? I think that yours is Dick Johnson is dead. <laughs> You are absolutely correct. Yes. Yeah. Dick it's so K Polly. It's yeah. so it's it so is. you. I agree, if I may <laughs> say so, because it is both. I mean, it. If you want to talk about a film that uh, it make, makes you laugh, it makes you cry. This is designed to do specifically those two things. Yeah. It's a film about a woman whose dad it has Alzheimer's and is going to pass away. Yeah. Which is the sad one of the saddest subjects for a film. That yeah. you then make into a hilarious documentary. Yes. The movie, they stage, the filmmaker stages cinematically different ways her dad could die horribly, which sounds awful, but it yeah. is so funny. And her dad has such a good sense of humor. Like they film him falling downstairs, they film him being hit by, like, dropped a safe dropped on him in the street. I mean, these are all. Uh, you know, done with a crew and everything. And it's very funny. And sometimes it comes out of nowhere and you think something really bad has happened to him. So you have this funny, dark, funny concept, but then underlying it, you have the most beautiful relationship between a father and a daughter. And it, it's, it tugs on your heartstrings because you know what's going to eventually happen and you can see how much love there is. So yeah, this, and I saw yeah. this in theater. I got to see it with like 1800 people. No joke. And yeah. and the and the director was there to talk about her dad, oh, and I, so I, I, it was like a move, a wonderful movie going experience as well. There was a lot of documentaries that I watched that were like pretty straightforward, like Mucho Mucho More, Oliver Sacks. Like none of them really broke the mold of like what a documentary is. None of yeah. them were like particularly like artistic in their narrative arc or how they told the story. Right. Dick Johnson is dead. Absolutely did that, and yeah. it should be higher on my list because of that. Um, it for sure was a, a piece of art in itself. Christopher, you know what my you know what my favorite part in that movie was? What's that? They're in his office and they're talking to this guy, and Dick Johnson like asks him, it's like says something about his dad, and he's like, My dad died when I was like eight years old, and he tells this like story about his dad drowned, and um it's just like really touching little interview. And yeah. then they like he gets up and uh he's just like 
he was there to clean out the office. Oh, <laughs> he, yeah. He, yeah. He was just like, he was like a guy that they hired for a day to like do a job. He wasn't like brought in because he was like a friend of the family right, or because right. they like wanted to get this great interview. He was just like a guy that was around. And I was like, they just got the best interview of the movie from... <laughs> Yeah. There's like a guy that was there to clean out the office. Right. It's just like they're talking. It's just them, like his dad's friendly. Her dad's friendly. Yes. It's just like, yeah. Uh, uh, I yeah. love that. So good. Okay. I'm going to guess okay. your first film. I mean, you're okay. number one. You ready? Yeah. I think your number one is First Cow. You're wrong. It's Cats. <laughs> oh, it's always Cats. <laughs> no, it's Cats. But yeah. what's it really? It's really first cow. (laughs) (laughs) You love animal-based movies. I do. Did 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 my gushing about it in your when it was your number? And it's like noticeable absence from the rest (laughs) of the list. Yeah. Yeah, that will do it. First cow is definitely my favorite. It was. uh, I thought about it constantly, and when it ended, I almost just rewatched it again. It was beautiful and touching and yeah. wonderful, and I loved it. But I also yeah. loved cats. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, gonna be that would be a point of contention for. I mean, that's not like my love for MacGruber. This yours is unholy. So <laughs> you know, some people made this like I saw this like graph that like my brother sent to me, and yeah. it was like, oh, cats came out, and then you know the rest of 2020 was like a big like downward spiral. And do you see that? No. Well, it was it was like here, cats is released on this date, and then it was like everything was like a downward after that. And I was like, well, to me, that just says that cats was the high point of the year. <laughs> to me, what it says is uh, cats ruined film for a while. <laughs> Everyone just goes, okay, we got to take a break. Oh yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's a good this you know what despite the year being so wonky to say the least uh these are good films these are really that's good a, films That's what I thought so too and people were saying that like the Oscars shouldn't happen and like all that crap and I was like god what you want like ten, did you see Mank No I didn't Oh my god what a horrid piece of trash That's the sad thing is I heard that I heard that and I really wanted it to be good cuz I'm fascinated so by that Did oh, I Oh that's a shame I I went in watching it because this I knew that we were doing this episode and I was like I got to watch seven movies that are made for 2020 so that I can like you know I can like go into this list feeling like I saw all of them. And so I watched Mank and I was like, I was like writing what I was going to say in my head. I was like, you know, shot on beautiful black and white. And it's like the camera direction is great. And some of the like lines are, it's like written in a way that's like a little unnatural, but like kind of fits the story. And so I was just like loving it for like the first 20 minutes. And then, Mank is so sanctimonious and he like bitterly like hates everyone is a jerk to every single person. But it's like at the end, it's like, well, 
it's really he hates everyone because he needs alcohol to love to show that truly he loves everyone more and has these like socialist beliefs because of his great love of humanity that is so great <laughs> that he has to hide that under a veil of alcohol. And that's why he's a miserable scum to Kids, everybody. What we're saying oh is just drink alcohol God. and then you'll love everybody more. It you, is, you know what? Save uh, Justin, save it up because we got to uh, do, we got to do, we do a work for the year. Yeah. I want to do a Razzie so bad now. <laughs> okay. yeah, well, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Top 10 movies of the year. We'll have the whole list up. I know that we went through them. So we'll have the whole list up uh, in the article at RadioMilwaukee.org that we will share in our respective places. Uh, this is Cinebuds is edited by DJ Kenny Perez. Woo! <laughs> We get handcrafted sonic inspiration from the License Lab. They're my top five sonic inspirations of the year. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <that was> good. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> good. Our theme song is from Milwaukee musician Brett Newski. Uh, number one news. We get uh, support from Associated Bank. Oh, my number one favorite Associated Bank. And we also get support from our members from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, Milwaukee Film. Number one with a bullet. They're the best. And we could not do this. It would not be possible. It just honestly wouldn't be the same. What's that? Without technology. Christopher Pollard. Oh, Thank you, Kay Polly. Never said that before, and I have been waiting. I just want to let you know. Thank you. I have All right. to add. <laughs> okay. Uh, like, subscribe, share it on everywhere. Thank you for listening. Cinebuds. See you next week. Bye.